Hello, and welcome again to the Kinky Boys podcast. I'm Craig, and this month I'm bringing you an interview with one of our existing patrons, Banjo Stewie. Uh, We have him on to talk about the difference between dog play and puppy play, and why he's into dog play. Um, We also talk about his many niche kinks uh, around dressing up, pop culture, um, sexual awakenings, and what's it like being a bisexual on the queer scene. These these are some fascinating talks, and I think you'll enjoy them all. Uh, Before we go ahead, I need to thank our daddy's favourite tier patrons. So, that is Banjo Stewie, Nick Bain, Adam Ferris, Connor Bone, Deco Very, Brian C, and Harry Hypnotist. You are all daddy's favourites, and your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to sign up to our Patreon and get early access to our episodes, as well as bonus features like a behind-the-scenes newsletter and video chats and just chats in general on our uh, Discord server, please consider signing up. Um, your donations really help me. It's making a huge difference in my life. It really is, and I can't stress it's allowing me to continue doing this. So thank you so much. And with that, I will... Uh, I will leave you with the interview, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome again to the Kinky Boys podcast. This month, we have uh, Banjo, who's going to talk to us about several things. One of the things I'm most interested in is he's very much into dog play, as opposed to pup play, and we'll be getting into the difference shortly. We'll also be talking about lots of different smaller niche kinks he has, which I find quite fascinating as well as just a general conversation about pop culture awakenings. So, hello, Banjo. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, yes. So, why don't you tell the audience a bit about yourself? How long you've been on the scene? What sort of kinkster you are you? Oh, Lord. So, I've been around since January 2015, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that was my first. I was there back in the pop social days a good way to gauge how old someone is if mm-hmm. they actually remember that <laughs> ah yes those days if they give you a vacant look it's like you know you're a bit too young for me babe but yes uh, did you steal i'm sure it's a line from tish and they used it on the recon podcast my mm-hmm. pronoun for he him gay her yeah and yeah basically i'm a bit of a, a, a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to mm-hmm. different kinks and fetishes and all that kind of stuff just because why just eat one dish when you can have the whole buffet. I um, love that philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Why, why not? Yeah. Um, there's some dishes that obviously you don't. Everyone's got their own things mm-hmm. where they're like, wouldn't appreciate that one, but you know. So one of the things that I was really interested in having you on, you're into essentially dog play, which is different from pup play. I differentiate it as mm-hmm. so. I, I I don't use the moniker of banjo it's more because mm. over the years of having been around the scene is that I've sort of dissociated from what I see the more mainstream idea of what a play mm-hmm. someone into pop play would do I see it more for me the headspace that I enjoy is very much that more old school part slave play where it's sort of like you are dog you are they're stripped of everything you are just in that sort of space versus which be completely valid 
It's just more sort of like cute. I'm a pup bouncing about. Obviously, there's bits of that, but it's for me, it's more that sort of like objectification, degradation type thing that I find the appealing. And just through the years, I've associated less with the idea of pup and just the general scene because it just doesn't fit what I enjoy. And I can't, I can't headspace around other people who are doing that kind of stuff. It just a weird block. So yeah, I just sort of identify with that, really. Yeah, because I've heard several people over the years say, like, I don't identify with pup play, but I like to be treated like a dog, and I like to be called a dog and act as a dog. And it's quite interesting because the pup scene has sort of become very codified as a certain set of behaviours, a certain mindset, all to do around like sort of puppy play gear and the aesthetic. So you instantly say someone wearing a dog mask is into puppy play. And that can be a bit difficult if you don't quite fit that mould. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but there is that kind of, I think a lot of people say that it is a gateway fetish, mm-hmm. which I do, which I, I do agree with to an extent because it was a gateway for me into plethora of things that I know into but I, I think it's just that kind of gets looked down on a bit it's also more accessible price wise because mm-hmm. realistically you don't need a full langlet's gear you don't need a full rubber wardrobe you don't need all that kind of stuff no. it is very much you can literally just have a collar on if yeah, you collar and some knee pads I mean not even that if you're at home with someone <laughs> yeah so you mentioned like you have a very specific mutt headspace. What does that mean to you? So that for me normally gets triggered by sort of sense. I've figured out with um, chatting with a hypnotist. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately not our very favourite hairy hypnotist. He is lovely. But someone else um, that basically I scent based triggers work very mm-hmm. well for me. They're like leather, mutts, pit, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, just sort of like fogs up the brain. Mm-hmm. So instead of just thinking about what I'm having tea tonight and what's, you know, oh my God, I said X, Y, or Z random thing to someone five years ago. Let me just focus on that. Yeah. <laughs> Every normal person does. You just sort of like stop thinking and you just sort of lull into that. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty boots. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty person. Mm-hmm. So what, what do they want me to do? It just very like vacant not really wanting to talk hands sort of clenching naturally into fifth mm-hmm. not feeling like you need opposable thumbs those kind of things where it's just let's take it a while but getting into that headspace where it's very don't need to think switch off which i think is a little for a lot of people into it because you get typically a lot of overthinkers who then swap into don't want to think at all yeah oh yeah totally i can utterly see the appeal with that and it's so earlier you mentioned there's like an element of degradation or humiliation tied into that how does that work so for me it's sort of a it's very much just like if someone is at a bar with me on a leash um i don't want them treating me so much as like you are slave you will now do x y or z Mm -hmm. for me it's just like i'm out with my dog they're just yeah. on a link. Like I will have a full that person will have a full conversation with someone else and I'll just be sat there, like just drinking out of a dog bowl or if allowed at the boots or all that kind of stuff. But they don't acknowledge me as the same level. 
Yeah, so there's an inherent hierarchy. Yeah, Yeah. like you wouldn't let your dog on the sofa sometimes and that kind of thing. It's just that dog, you know. So it's the sort of rules and actions that make you feel lesser, essentially. It's more just the headspace and just the reinforcing Mm -hmm. that kind of mindset. That's pretty cool. Like, I can definitely see the appeal of that. So you mentioned you started off in the pup scene. So when did you sort of realise you was moving away from Ooh, probably, weirdly, and it's no shade to anyone in particular, it was moved up to Manchester and I was mm-hmm. more in an actual, just consistently in like the village and stuff because I, I worked in a certain retailer and mm-hmm. seeing more people, especially on certain weekends. And I just sort of be like, I appreciate you and how you are exploring yourself. I identified less and less with those people, but yeah. I still wanted to explore it as a... So it was just during that time, I think, where I was a bit like, I don't really want to... I don't feel the need to be involved in the scene in that kind of a way. And obviously, being in Manchester, I got more involved in the rubber scene, and uh-huh. there's all the leather, and there's all sorts mm-hmm. of events literally everything on one doorstep it's amazing and yeah just it but during that time I just sort of had growth I think personal growth into sort of what I identify it as because that's the thing you can't ask two people who are in foot play the how do you identify it and get the exact same response like yeah. how do you get into the headspace what is it what is it to you what do you have to have everyone's got a different response and I think that's what's fun about it really I can see that. So you're saying it was much more of a, like a natural evolution. There wasn't like this lightning bolt moment of this isn't for me. This is what I want to do. No, I think it was just mm-hmm. a few instances where I was like, mm, yeah, no, I don't think I'd, I'd feel comfortable headspacing around you. Yeah. Um, with a few people who sort of came in very loudly um, or like just said something. I'm like, eh, no, that, that, that's valid, but it's not what I'm in for yeah so so someone's listening to this right now and they are hearing you talk about being like in this dog head space and they're like actually i think this is more me how would you advise them to go about exploring that i've actually had a couple people sort of say i've explained it and they've gone oh yeah that's that's what i like i think just having less fixation on what you're wearing is definitely a, mm-hmm. a big thing because it doesn't need to be X, Y, or Z brand hood. It doesn't need to be X, Y, or Z. Like, you don't need to be in rubber that makes you look like a... gives an aesthetic of a top or anything like that. You can do it how you want. It's just, I think, being able to look at how you access that kind of headspace. So mm-hmm. what kind of things trigger you? Is it having someone... But is it verbal degradation? Is it sense? Because that's the thing. That's why I like the word mutt. Is just yeah. You get a certain type of person say it very specifically. Mm-hmm. The knees will buckle. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I see. I d- have you? Oh dear. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of fun on the group chats. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's just that you you get it in a certain mm-hmm. kind of way, whereas like pop it always sounds a bit more like hey pop yeah pop's a bit more bouncy it's fun it's linguistics it just sounds it rolls off a little bit yeah um 
so yeah just exploring what unlocks mm-hmm. that and just being able i think just going out and over the past two years i've sort of gone more of a giving less of a social podcast giving less of a fuck what people think mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're just walking past i was actually on a bar crawl last night and there was someone who it was a rubber crawl and there was someone in the bar like just slapping this guy's ass and he was in his rubbers and i just went over to her and i was like consent does exist still yeah and a few years ago i wouldn't have been that person to go up mm-hmm. to and just feel like but it's that moment of like no i don't actually care what you think because i know in this instance the correct thing to do is to call you out on yeah this harassment and it's just that kind of attitude in most if not all things obviously it's a process but it's through processes so why not yeah no that sounds great and it sounds like it's given you a good amount of uh, personal growth yes no um how dare you i've only got the lockdown 15 for a little bit longer (laughs) yeah yeah so what's your Okay, so what's your ideal scene for being a mutt? Oh, God, I love this one. Um, I've thought about it literally just so do it as a weekend because Mm -hmm. then it's less like 24-7, you will this and that and the other and get a lot of people in my recon just getting very aggressive. Literally just turning up on a weekend and then collar being snapped on, Mm -hmm. cage if not already on being snapped on, being stripped of everything, clothes, all that kind of stuff, yeah. depending on how physically I am tailing, and then just clothes, belongings, all that kind of stuff, just locked away. If it needs to be accessed, it can. But other than that, on your knees, you are not talking, you are not you are not stood up, all that kind of stuff. Then it becomes said person. I'm going to say sir because it's just going to naturally yeah. play with my head while playing it. So then says, I need a footstool. Just clicks fingers. Okay, mm-hmm. for that time. Need need something to cook. Okay, then it can get up on it. And very quickly, I'm going to say it because that is also a part of it for me. Right, like, I see. In headspace, I use the pronoun it, or it's just like mm-hmm. that again. It's that degradation. Yeah. It. So yeah, if they want food, it gets up and cooks for them. If it needs to piss, and there's probably just a little pad in the corner or something. Mm-hmm. You know, food, drink out of the bowls, sleep in a dog bed or a cage or whatever. And then just having that normalization of it. Yeah. Because it, then it just ingrains it more and more and it makes. Mm-hmm. And then whatever that person wants, because also part of it for me is my biggest turn on is being able to turn someone else on. Yeah. Hearing someone else moan makes me mm-hmm. hornier because it's mm-hmm. like i know that i'm doing well um, oh yeah it gives that big feedback which can like be yeah. really exciting good feels and you're like yes <laughs> i know that i'm doing this i can keep doing that so you know they need a flashlight they've got a flashlight <laughs> you know and, and that's with again depending on mm-hmm. our body either end that kind of stuff or if they want a dildo they've got a dildo yeah. if it's currently caged strap-ons exist that kind mm-hmm. of thing where it's just being in that mindset of just service consistently. But if you're out and about with them, collar on, cage on, mm-hmm. always, if they decide, 
at their side at all times or just behind them or anything like that, just following those protocols. If they're out shopping and they have bags and stuff, pack them, following around, always carrying that stuff because they don't need to, that kind of like, it's very much, like I said, that kind of layers into that slave play, but it's with mm-hmm. those elements of dog, which that would be an ideal. And then literally at the end of the weekend, just getting the stuff back. But it, in all of that, scritches and fusses and just laying down at their feet while they watch a movie and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that has that less, it's degradation yeah. without having to be abusive. Yeah. Times. Yeah, it's not cruel, it's just treating you as inherently lesser. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Keeping you in your place. Yeah. Like obviously there are different styles of dominance and everyone has their own way they like to be treated or treat others in like a BDSM scene. But I find some of the most effective ways of like degradation and sort of status play is not to how do I want to phrase this? not to be overly forceful with it, just to express it like it's an inherent truth. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes, it, it's that you know what you are, be it. Yeah. I, I don't need to tell you twice. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm saying. I'm very good. I'm a good boy because I don't need to be told twice. Yeah. No point on that. Because, <laughs> I mean, I have known people who their whole idea of dog play is they, when they get into headspace, is quite a I don't want to say savage dog but quite bestial and the whole thing they like is someone forcefully beating them back and down yeah which can be which I think I just wanted to bring that in because I think it's important to say when we're talking about dog play it's like it's still quite a wide umbrella for what people yeah. how people do it yeah no definitely even as I'm sort of describing it I know that other people would sort of go identify with certain bits and go i don't want or need that for other bits because that's yeah like whether it's pony play kitten play what who said that you know all those kind of things there's different layers to it and that's mm-hmm. what makes it fun that, that's you know again kink is a smorgasbord just having one dish yeah and having it in a very specific mm-hmm. way like someone is going to be sound really weird and hopefully it makes sense mm-hmm. well, last night we were having pizza at free drinks bar crawl and i eat my pizza crust first because then the good bit is the last bit not <laughs> and yeah i'm like yeah and i know that other people will think that's weird mm-hmm. it's the way that i do and other people may say perfect i know exactly what you mean because i get the good bit yeah i end on the good bit like eating your vegetables first train yourself oh yeah i always used to do that with the vegetables leave the best bits till last so i think we've covered that quite quite well i i do think we'll come back to this because i think there's a lot more to dig into i know some of my co-hosts want to dig into it further and we might have you back on for that so that'd be great but speaking of smorgasbords and selection i think that's a good entryway into talking about niche kinks because you've got quite a few yeah, it's almost like we planned it, we didn't. Yeah, so with that, it's very much, I think I've, I've narrowed it down to, I enjoy giving confusing boners. That's a very interesting way of phrasing. Because it's because I very much enjoy, if people haven't sort of seen what I've done, it's just mm-hmm. sort of 
a lot of body pain and different kinds of outfits mm-hmm. and stuff that shouldn't really work. Um, and just being able to give make someone say, I shouldn't be into that. For example, the clown stuff. <laughs> and a few people say, I'm normally scared of them. What is it? I have to admit, I've never seen a sexy clown before I saw you dress up as one. Thank you. Thank you very much. How <laughs> dare you. Tim Curry was gorgeous in it. But yeah, it's just that kind of stuff. Of like, it, it's a bit of a sort of expectations. It's mm-hmm. you know when people dress again. Literally, the name was on my mind anyway. Like Tish does outfits that are very like just very femme and yeah, more on. Rob had that. Rob Wilde was in the cow. Uh, yes, yes. Oh, I love that cow himbo outfit. And it's just like that. Sh- when you put it on paper, mm-hmm. that doesn't go together in a very typical world. But when you see it, it's like, that is very fucking attractive. And just being able to be in that kind of space, like, I've got a singlet that's lace. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It, yeah. If, if you wear it with that. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I've quite enjoyed you in your orc persona. And I'm not just saying that because you got one of our teas. Yes, as soon as Buster said it, I was like, how dare you call me out? How dare you call out my entire aesthetic for the month of October? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's again, that kind of mental transformation. I enjoy fetishes that change your mental mindset, whether it is going to a more dominant leather, like Leather Daddy, mm-hmm. not that I pull that off massively well, but just that kind of like suddenly your posture changes and your attitude and just the way you hold yourself versus if you suddenly get a big steel collar just yeah on you it, it changes that physicality and also the mindset like so when you've got tusks in and you're just and you know that you're green you're in mm-hmm. that kind of it's slouching more it's about you can't talk properly because you've got the mindra from yeah. adapting to that and just being a, and being a bit more primal and a bit more forceful. Mm-hmm. And you do want to find someone else with tusks and just make that happen. That, that <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But just, yeah, it's that kind of like change, mentally changing that does a lot. Yeah, it's quite yeah. fun one. Yeah, because you've got quite a few. So I've seen, so you've orc, clown, Adult baby. What other ones? I'm sure there are others. Oh, yeah, I've done a bit of AB stuff. Again, it's that kind of, you don't need to think about your taxes. You literally, yeah. that are amazing. There was the one play, play day we had where literally we just, the person in charge walked out of the room and we just put all, like, a few books backwards on the <laughs> shelf. <laughs> it was just, this is the most hilarious thing on the planet. You know, I mean, there's sort of statue, that kind of thing. We're coming into Christmas season, which means sort of wind up toy soldiers. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a certain uh, big beefy dog that does that right quite well. Yes, yes, he does very much indeed. <laughs> I know several people that want to get giant wind up toy like outfits, complete with the giant wind up clock yeah. uh, key on the back. Yeah. Um, like plus. So, mm-hmm. 
big a big future when I've got tons of money idea is getting into one of those rubber um dog suits where oh the bitch suits yeah yeah those and then just being stuffed into a giant teddy i've had someone talk to me about that that does seem so fun yeah and like just gagged and then a whole thing where like you can press you can press the port and it just does it does like a really says a stock phrase yeah love you and it's like you can't talk. You just oh yeah. It's just one of those where it, that's it's a Black Mirror episode, so that's a it can get a bit creepy. But it's fun. It's just yeah, it's a weird kind of like bondage, but also those kind of mental um, changes. Yeah, there's a transformations few... and changes. Yeah, so yeah. so a lot of it seems like like really fun, but especially sexy dress up. Yes, very much. <laughs> Just dressing yeah. up uh, um, Halloween every day. And I have to say, like, you see, you always project just how fun it is, which really attracts me. Like, oh, it's this really fun energy you bring to this. I mean, I just, I, I try and project what I want to see in others, really. Mm-hmm. It's like, in anything, it's very much a case of, I and there is an aesthetic for it, and it is gorgeous. But mm-hmm. a, like someone in their full leathers, and they've just got a bit of a resting bitch face. It's like it's lovely mm-hmm. for the first few photos, but you can smile. <laughs> There's a way of like holding yourself where you can be sort of slouch, but you can still look confident and stuff. And it's very yeah. much that kind of America's Next Top Model, where it's like sexy, make it fashion, like. Mm-hmm just like sexy make it look like you're having fun you know and just working on that and emulating like the way I always do with my photos or when I was starting out a lot was looking at people that I was enjoying the content of and saying Mm -hmm. like how are they where's their angles how are they posing are they doing this or that or the other and then just putting that onto the stuff that I've done Mm -hmm. doing random stuff sometimes it works and it's just nice to be able to, again, give those confusing bonus. <laughs> so these all are quite interesting. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is with niche kinks, because obviously these aren't that common. They're quite almost independent to you. How's that different from coming out about like a regular kink, so far as kinks can be regular? Good question. <laughs> uh, in terms of that, I think it's kind of, Again, a bit of that not caring, but also mm-hmm. just finding your tribe a little bit. I know that like Twitter has exploded enough that mm-hmm. there's probably someone else who's going to be into the same thing somewhere along the line. Like there's a guy on in, um, Instagram, the Shadow, who does the most amazing clown stuff, and it's all rubbery, and he's fucking amazing with it and i genuinely just look at him and i'm like i have nothing compared to you <laughs> uh, but it, but you know we have one little chats and there's like folks that i know that are into sort of donkey you know very much triggered by the pinocchio scene and stuff yeah. like that it, which is again it's that kind of mental transformation versus like i don't need to wear a full prosthetic and this and that and the other and it's it's just being in that place. A set of silver teeth does help, but I, I did a video and my friend went, You look like silver 
<laughs> it was me jacking off. What the fuck, hey? Well, surprise, surprise. It's all right. right. That is not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing is like when you have sort of a one of the more popular kinks, you know, leather, rubber, boots, that sort of stuff. There's kind of a ready-made community for you to enter. Whereas with like the niche stuff, like sort of more transformation-y outfits, characters, you kind of have to search out the individuals. A little bit. I think it's because a lot of those people who are into different things are into those more mainstream Mm -hmm kinks like there's a whole community of people into blueberries the oh yeah the violet beauregard um yeah sort of scene i know that's that's had a big effect on people yeah i mean we'll talk about that later with pop culture awakening yeah, yeah. i i find one thing i find fascinating is that that kind of shows to me that we get our kinks from the media we consume if no one was ever exposed to the Willy Wonka film, would anyone ever be into that? Probably not, no. Yeah, so when people are into that, they typically will be in things like the gainer community, into those kind of fetishes, and you sort of just see bits of seep through, or rubber, because they're mm-hmm. wearing because it's a rubber suit. Some of the inflatable stuff on King Project is absolutely insane, and I kind of want yeah. to... They've got one where you can be an alien egg. You know, in the movie Alien, where yeah. the eggs... It's a giant suit that the more you inflate it, the four corners just enclose you. Oh, wow. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's great for if you don't want to talk to people. You just <laughs> inflate it and you're like, I just want to be an egg. It's sort of finding the subcategories, I guess. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's a few um, online writers that I follow because... Personally, I don't watch porn. It's mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. But reading it again, you can kind of visualize. Yeah, they're able to explain more like transformations and stuff. But they write quite a bit of stuff. Like, there's one guy, Wesley Bracken, who I know Wesley. Well, I know his work at least. Yeah, yeah. it was one of the first people where I went, "Oh, how, what are you doing tonight uh, downstairs? What are you doing right now?" The the variety of stuff that he will do that can go from the mainstream to the more niche mm-hmm. and then you see other people that are kind of like commenting and sharing it and you sort of like oh cool that's you know and tom gunji as well he's mm-hmm. super fun with his ideas just tweets every now and then just random stuff and you're like yeah kind of yeah yeah i get that <laughs> just very it's fun to just sort of see other people especially more now, so I think over the past few years, giving left of them and thinking, yeah, I'll do this and that and the other. Yeah. yeah. Or give it a try at least. Yeah, so it's sort of like you can always find these veins of more specialised kinks within the larger communities. Like, it's just knowing where to look. And I imagine it's a lot easier these days with sort of the internet and connectivity. and. Yeah, I mean, there's always sort of groups on cat life even though the site mm-hmm. is an absolute hell site for navigation anyway yeah like i know discord servers have become very popular for this like going back to the whole inflatable bet thing there's the berry boys discord which is very popular 
Okay, I know the farm. That mm. one is very all-encompassing, but there's a lot of folks on there, and that encompasses a lot of stuff. Facebook groups, obviously, there's less of because they're cracking down on stuff. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like just Twitter and Recon. Literally, mm. they're expanding their horizons more and more. So who knows? There may be blueberries soon on Recon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll put it into the guys, see what they... So we've talked about the Violet Beauregard scene where you just have someone inflate and that obviously plants a seed in everyone's mind. What other big pop culture awakenings were there for you? Well, it'd be a bit of a um, disservice not to say my namesake. Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie video game. It was <laughs> it was quite a weird one because it was a bit of a bisexual awakening as well as a bit of a kinky one. Really? Because, yeah, there's... So I don't know how familiar you are with with the game. You've got Banjo, who's just very much this big, goofy himbo just running about, obviously, Mm -hmm. saving saving Jingos and all that kind of stuff. There's that kind of element of transformation where he gets turned into crocodiles and washing machines and all sorts of random bits and bobs, which kind of is like, oh, but there's also... So if you lose the game or you get a game over screen it cuts to what happens if grunty the main villain actually takes the essence of banjo's sister tutti which is the entire premise of the game is mm-hmm. he's offset his sister because grunty wants to be the most beautiful person it's a yeah. very you know classic love story and she sort of comes out of the machine after she's like been made eventually attractive beautiful all that kind of and she comes out with this green posh spice, basically. It's very much just oh, slick, interesting. a slick bob, mini skirt, and just green. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hello, Grunty. And you're sort of like, but then also the bear. But then also the lady. Mm-hmm. And there's <laughs> also the bear when he turns into this. You know, it's just very, like, it's odd you know it's fun and that was obviously yeah. a very early one but yeah there's obviously for a lot of people there's things like banjo kazooie i had quite a few with power rangers growing up because mm. there's quite a few mind control storylines on that like every other week but monsters would frequently eat people you would have people being trapped in weird ways like with gunge or tentacles there was one episode where everyone got like pumpkins stuck to their heads and i always remember that being a weird like when you're that age it's not a turn on but there's just something in your brain that goes oh there's something there i don't have the language or the understanding of it but there's something really fascinating about that yeah it's it's weird there's like there's tons so like did you ever watch digimon yes yes the bit where Piedmon is like chasing them and turning them all into keychains. And I'm like, that's not sexy, but it's sexy. How is this? It was terrifying as a kid, but looking back, you're like, but I could be a keychain. It's that kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and there was, I never used to watch Yu Gi Oh very much, but there's the mm-hmm. one where one of the guys is, he gets put in like a robot monkey version of himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was for the arc, Tristan. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was like, why is that fun? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you're now this lower degraded sort of person. 
Well, yeah, and it you know Jackie Chan adventures stuff mm-hmm. like that. But they see they're still doing it. There's the new Digimon. It was a scene I think I mentioned to you before where Greymon goes up to like this tree and ends up getting vored into it, and then comes out of it as like a pair, but a pair that's shaped a bit like him. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they know what they're doing. I, I, I genuinely think Totally Spies, the TV show, was just made for me. Totally Spies is one of the horniest shows I've ever seen. And like every week it is a fetish being displayed by the main villain. Because there's the one where it's always the blonde girl that gets put into it as well. It's always because it's like there's one where she's like eating cookies and then she ends up just gaining and then... Uh-huh. They sort of like anthro, make loads of people anthro animals as part of like a beauty lab testing thing. It's the weirdest. And obviously in the Lycra and yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's so many like there's the one where the nerd steals everyone's muscles. There's at least one or two where their feet grow to giant size. There's it's. Yeah. It, there's just a lot and you do sort of go they must know what they're doing yeah <laughs> like, yeah back, back it's in one of those like, things it's like in the newest he-man the one written by kevin smith for netflix there is a whole like big long scene where fisto talks about how much he wants to fist skeletor and it's like you know exactly what you're doing here mm-hmm. you've got a k on your team yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my favourite thing with, like, the memes of should have had a gay in marketing. Yeah. Where it's just the... Where, like, advertisements have these really just statements that if you know, you know how dirty that is. Yeah, Subway, fancy a sub, Mm. that kind of, yeah. Yeah. But but I do find it interesting because, again, my personal hypothesis is that these moments implant stuff in the brain because at that age you don't have a libido you don't have a sex drive but it just puts something in your brain which like you focus on and that sort of like is the little bit of grit that your sexual awakenings sort of form around like a pearl sorry I just my brain went very quickly from onions to Shrek to Shrek is love Shrek is life (laughs) in a very quick succession I was like yeah, it's layers like onions, Shrek. There's probably things about Shrek. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Yeah, yeah, very much. That's how my brain works. But yeah, it's it's strange. But it's, you know, it's sort of like Pokemon. I've just seen a book on my desk where Bill gets trapped. Like he does the whole, the fly thing. Yeah. Experiment in the game and he's trapped as a Pokemon. You're like, Bill, can I step in that machine for a second? Thank you very much. I want to be a Pokemon. <laughs> exactly. It's like, hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty good. And like, if listeners, if you write in, I would love to hear what your sexual awakenings were. Oh, yeah. Just random things that you just remember from whatever. and go. Uh, that does explain why I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, one of the best ones I've heard is, to call out another podcast, the Dart interview episode of the Fetish Fuel podcast. We've had Dart on our show. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite people. And he talked about where his like mustache fetish came from. And it's like, 
really interesting where it's basically like this small sketch from a children's TV show about a cowboy not wanting to be dressed up as a cowboy. Okay. Yeah, go listen. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reminds me of another one, Ben 10. The watch, literally yes. just, yeah. Changing. See, there's yeah. so many. There's just tons that you just, yeah. like, yeah. Dexter's Lab had tons. Powerpuff Girls always had tons. Mm-hmm. Ed, Ed, and Eddie was just TF Central because they just didn't care about any kind of physics in that show. <laughs> Or just like, let's put a giant jawbreaker in their gum that looks like it's in. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Yeah. So just to go back, you said one of the things from Banjo Kazooie was you had a bit of a bisexual awakening. So can I ask, what's it like being a bisexual on the scene? A bit odd because you get to see both sides of the coin. Really, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's very different in a more straight mm-hmm. scene versus a more. I'm using it as a very blanket term gay scene because for whatever reason straight people just love blogging and beating and all that there's some markets and I think 50% of the stalls are just for beating people (laughs) it's just like this is an accoutrement but a lot of that it can be very like female led it's Mm -hmm. a lot more old school in those kind of areas from what I've seen but when you go to events and stuff there tends to be more of a people are paired off already they're already yeah. going with someone which for a lot of reasons can be sort of a safety thing it can be just mm-hmm. they've developed more online relationships whereas when you go out for example in the village in a more sort of like a rubber event or anything you're with more of a group or you're, yeah. you can go solo you can go to somewhere mm-hmm. you can go to back street on your own and it's not sort of like oh i needed to be with someone to go in here and feel okay but also i think there's i've not really experienced much of it with within sort of straight areas when you sort of have that when you say the whole i am a bisexual but there is a bit of that kind of oh there's the there's the whole you're on the stepping stone no you're not you're just waiting there's a lot more of that within the homosexuals it feels anyway from from personal experience which is why I tend to be a lot more loud about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I understand that because there's like a lot of these like, casual stereotypes within the gay scene or queer scene where mm. bisexuals are assumed to be either in transition from one stage to another or just being erased. Yeah, yeah. it's And that's, you know, I currently have like a... Uh, leather rubber combo outfit which is mm-hmm. just pink blue and purple and it is just nice. very loud and it is very just out there just as a no i'm very much this this is who i am and i'll be loud about it because yeah there seems to be a bit of a stalling when it comes to acceptance in mm-hmm. bisexuality especially within i think just in the wider scene um not just within because it's that kind of people don't really get it unless they are it it seems you know people will very happily accept and absolutely amazingly you know it seems every other identification that there is but then it suddenly is like oh yes you people we'll just stick to what we know with you "Ah, yeah because often like there's this papering over it's like 
One thing I've had to really work on just out of habit is saying most of my friends are like queer rather than gay. Because I always go to gay as a sort of default descriptor. And it's like, it's not because I know bisexuals, I know non-binary people. It's... Yeah. Well, you know, there's all sorts like asexualities, Mm -hmm. real, pansexuality, all that kind of stuff. And there is the difference um, between bi and pan, but neither is better or worse than the other and all that kind of stuff because that's the thing you get it from all angles sometimes is people will go well I is ex-. there are people who can be a little bit naive to the fact of what bisexuality is defined as because mm-hmm. they want to buy and think binary so they will be like well bi isn't as accepting as pan because pan is defined as an attraction to someone regardless of gender yeah. or gender identity, whereas bisexual is an attraction to all genders or gender identities. It, it's, it's a slight difference, but it's not just an, uh, an attraction to one or two on a binary. It's an attraction to a person. It, yeah. Yeah bit difficult to explain but yeah it's a weird thing getting it on a different angle and having to do that kind of educate i know that there's other people that i've known who they've sort of said oh yeah i'm bi and i'm like oh i have no idea and because they've mentioned that they were gay a few times and they've said yeah i just say it because it's easier and i'm like yeah i'm not taking that route (laughs) i'm going to be loud no and i think people need to do that more like obviously it's very tough but like just saying no it's not gay by default like there are bisexual people there are pansexual people like again yeah. there are asexual people who are just homo romantic it like there's tons yeah demisexual all sorts mm. of that's the thing again it's a smorgasbord which is yeah. what makes it interesting to just especially at the moment be in the world because there's that many people that are into different things and are different and if we were all the same i mean no not going to say that we'd be a tory party convention that would be mean but true yes yes but, and you know. yeah and i think it's just something people need to maybe can like just consider the language they use because language shapes mindset and it just signals when a space is more open linguistics again yeah. <laughs> so I've really enjoyed our chat tonight. I feel like we've got into some really good topics. I've learned so much. I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. Where can people find you? So you can find me on so my regular Twitter and Instagram at Banjo Stewie, S-T-U-I-E, mm-hmm. and on the Recon and the Naughty Tw- Oh, and also on Mastodon under Banjo. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I've had a blast. Thank you very much. It's been very fun. Thank you. And as always, listeners, uh, take care and play safe.